Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Speak On It. History and Genealogy Conversation with Janice and Shara Connor. We invite you to join us on Thursdays at 8 p.m. for an engaging exchange with us and our special guests as we cover various topics regarding history, genealogy, and your personal family history stories. Hello, I'm Janice Skilliard. And I'm Sharakana Feliciano. Welcome to Speak On It, History and Genealogy Conversations with Janice and Sharakana. Thank you for joining us, and don't forget to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Today, we are joined by our guest, Ethan West. Ethan West is a frequent poster on the popular Facebook pages, Our Black Ancestry, and I've traced my enslaved ancestors and their owners, which caught our attention, especially his posts regarding his travels through Tennessee, researching, documenting, and sharing his family history. Quoting Ethan, his research is a ride and view like no other, learning, discovering, and honoring those who came before you. They paved the way for us. It's an extremely humbling experience. The empowering feeling of knowing your lineage is essential to understanding what needs to be done now and in the future. Everyone has a story. What's yours? And so we are so excited tonight to welcome Ethan West to speak on it. Grand evening, you two. Thank you and everybody that's listening. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you yeah, so thank much. You so and much we're excited to have us, you. For sure, for sure. So let's get started. So, Ethan, can you share with us, why do you believe it's so important to understand and know history in general? And can you tell us about your curiosity in knowing about the past? Well, before I get started, I want to uh, give a family shout-out to uh, a lady that passed away this Tuesday. She was like a grandmother to me, 90 years old, so I'll, I'll be remiss not to mention uh, Miss Grandma Thompson and our families and everybody's still praying with them and uh they're in my hearts and we extend heartfelt so, condolences to you and them mm-hmm. thank Absolutely. you thank you so it, the importance for me for history history is extremely important to understand and know because it, it actually gives a blueprint to the future in the current it gives a roadmap to what's going on today and what can be uh kind of changed or be do better in the future. So I've always been interested in people that came before me, how things were set up prior to me, and it just has to make sense for, for the current, for me. So that's why right. what, what got me engaged in history is is, is who, who was here in, what, 100 years ago and what did, what did things look like? Just like, you know, some people are fascinated with aliens, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the same thing goes with history. 
because it's a path, it's a journey, like how did we get here? And right. to me, even even when I was in school with history, we would learn bland history, right? They'll teach us stuff about Abraham Lincoln and, and people that we're not even related to. Mm-hmm. But I always wanted, I always, always thought, okay, during the Civil War, we'll take the Civil War, for example, who was living that was related to me? So I, right. that's how right. I kind of tied in general history with, with, with my history. And that's one of the things that we always talk about with a lot of our guests is how, you know, when you do your family research and then you examine history and you line them, you know, like you look at how, okay, for instance, my great-grandfather was, my great-great-grandfather was 17 years old when Abraham, was Link, Abraham Lincoln was president. That takes on a whole different meaning for you to understand, like right. you learn about the Civil War and then to find out, oh, I have ancestors that fought in the Civil War. takes on a whole right. new meaning. So, you know, we understand right. yeah. that. The personal engagement, you know, it mm -hmm. makes it more personal. Personal engagement and how your family fits into history, that they were there. Um, Ethan, can you share with us the impact and what you described as the privilege of having known your grandmother? Yeah, actually be my great-grandmother. Well, both my grandmothers. So on my father's side, which I've done a lot of the, which is pretty much the main feature of tonight's uh, focal point, but I grew up with, on my mom's side, I grew up with my grandmother and my great-grandmother. What's special about my great-grandmother, she was born in 1899, died in 2000. So this woman wow. actually saw, saw she was alive in three different centuries. Very rare, wow. very rare. And I, so my cousins and I, we were privileged to be in her presence. And to me, we looking at the dynamics and just connecting the dots. I knew somebody that, that knew people that were enslaved. She knew her grandparents right. that were enslaved. So that... It brings it, it brings it more closer to home for me because I mean how we how people like to put slavery in, in, in the context like it happened during ancient Egypt. That's just not that's just not <laughs> right, true. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not we're not that far removed from it. What was her name? No, what was your great grandmother's name? My great grandmother's name was Gertrude Kennedy. She was born in Arkansas. Camden, Arkansas. So hmm. um yeah, yeah, she was a a special woman and just a living icon. So that, that really just having her in, 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 in my life, it, it's been a true blessing and, you know, and a lot of the, the, the true matriarch of my mom's side of the family. Right. Yeah. You, you, a lot of people don't get that kind of, you know, access and like, you know, what a treasure to have for sure. Right. 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 So can you also share the role that your sister played? in inspiring you oh, to research your journey. Oh, absolutely. And hearing Harriet, your father my... tell his story. So your sister first. Go ahead. So Harriet, this is my older, one of my older sisters. Harriet is uh, a genealogy wizard. She kind of started <laughs> this, like, she, I think she started, Harriet started doing this like 20 years ago. And she would come back and just kind of tell us different tidbits of what she found. Not only that, Harriet would go find and go visit family members. So she kind of like laid the blueprint for how I operate as today. Her mm-hmm. and she found another uh, uh, descendant, of, uh, a distant cousin of ours who lives in Michigan, Cousin Mildred. So the, when those two got together, just comparing notes, it really laid the foundation on what I have today and what I, what I had to work off of when I, found, when I eventually got into it. But, yeah, Harriet, she right. would – she would 
look for ancestors. And she, I mean, and remember, she was doing this research when we didn't have all these uh, creature comfort access to, uh, to to research. So I right. can give uh, huge props for her to her and cousin Mildred for you know laying this foundation and where we where we are today. Um, and so Harry kind of just tapered off throughout the years. I guess, you know, you can get burned out because it, it burns a lot of uh, hours of your life and, and time and, and money to do all that. Right. Yeah, I call so, it going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and, it has exactly what it is. And, get you, out. and you look yeah. up, mm-hmm. you're 10 years deep, and, you, and you're like, whoa. But, I mean, a, right. lot of, a lot of great, great things have came out of it. So, um, yeah, huge, huge, huge props to my sister, Harriet, and, and also Cousin That's Mildred awesome. for just kind of laying that foundation piece on we're, we're, we're about our family. <laughs> and so my well, father... Well, it's also great. Yeah, that, well, I was going to also say, too, it's great that your sister had you to pick up the mantle, too, because a lot of times yeah. people have it and they're interested and no one else around them is interested in it. Um, so right. but here you are to kind of pick up where she left off. But go ahead. Yeah, your father now. So my, my dad's story is, is very interesting, and, and he's had a... Um, uh, uh, Decent, well, uh, a trivial child childhood because so my father was born in Tennessee, giving us stories mm-hmm. on rural Tennessee, and you know, growing up, my father would always drive us out to the country. So like, you remember, I'm a city kid, so he would say, "All right, let's go for a ride," <laughs> and we're taking a ride in country, just looking at fields, and I'm just in the back seat, like, "What is this man doing to me? I'm not in <laughs> trouble." So why are we riding this country field? But to him, that was kind of home because now when we used to go down, he used to take us down to Tennessee. That's all I saw. I remember seeing was just country fields, and he would point to, well, this is where the house was at over here. This is where the house was at over here. And, again, as a kid, just agonizing. So, but throughout the years, he would just tell us stories. I would listen because that, that was just me being curious. I'm like, okay, oh, okay, your dad did this, your mom this. And my father – when he was one, his mother passed away. So wow. he, he didn't grow up with his mother. She, she passed away. So my grandfather remarried probably about three years after that. Well, six years after that, his stepmother died. So oh, within wow. a decade, oh, my no. father lost two of his mothers. Um, then my grandfather kind of lost his way, actually, you know, living uh, – Losing two wives in a decade can be can be rough. You know they were still down there in rural right. Tennessee. So dad would uh, so dad just told me different stories about about that. One one key piece that we had and one pillar from my father on his side, um, his, uh, my grandmother, my first my grandmother, my dad's biological mother, her brother was still alive. We called him Uncle Bubble. Um, really rural, still country, had his own outhouse. Meat uh, slaughtered his own pigs, had a meat house, salted his own meat, no refrigerator, very primitive still. Right. He he would he was he stayed alive. He stayed alive until 2008. So he my dad wow. stayed real close with him. Yeah yeah, I was privileged to know him as well. So in any time we would go down to Tennessee, we would visit Uncle Bubble, and I just remember visiting Uncle Bubba's house, and sometimes the, uh, I was afraid to walk into the house because I didn't know if it was going to fall down. I mean, he was living like that. <laughs> I'm from South Carolina, and there are certain portions, and I, re- I know exactly what you're talking about, back in the day that you were like, oh, oh okay, everything's stable, right? Yeah, fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's a fact. But um, 
so fast forward, and, you know, so my senior year in high school, my uh, our house had caught on fire. So my parents were divorced, so my, our house had caught on fire. And during that time, we had to stay out of our house, so our house was getting remodeled. I stayed with my father. So uh-huh. that's when Dad and I, you know, we had more deep, deep conversations because now I'm of age, I can really, really retain stuff, and we can just talk about, you know, it's that transitional to I'm about to be a, a man coming out out of 18 you know so Mm -hmm. my father had a picture of this uh older gentleman so i asked him i said dad is is that your dad and he said no that's actually my grandfather i said do you have a picture of your dad my dad doesn't even have a picture so i i so my grandfather my dad's father passed away in 1970 never even met my grandfather never even seen a picture of my grandfather but i have a picture of my great-grandfather ironically so wow. a lot of missing stuff with, with as far as my father, but he would tell me all kind of stories about, I would ask him, well, how was grandfather and your dad? How did they interact? You know, just little tidbits like that. I just wanted to kind of compare where, was, where was their relationship like, like him and I's. You know, it's just mm-hmm. different. You try to pick up different traits, and, and my father would really reveal a lot. He would, he would share anything that I, anything I asked. He would try to answer it the best as uh, he could. So That's moving great. forward, excuse me, we want to ask, um, I just want to put, insert this question real quick. With Cheryl Wills, um, she's a media personality in New York, and she does a lot of history stuff, and you found out that she was your cousin. Did your sister find out, or did you find out? Cheryl initially came through Harriet. Um, Harriet, this is when Harriet was on fire in her, in her research, and she told me, she said, we're uh, we're." We're actually related to a famous uh, newscaster on New York City. Okay, cool. So she's like, I'm actually going to go to one of her book signings to meet her. Even better, you know. So, again, Harry kind of instilled that, that okay, let's go meet these people in me. Because, I mean, that's I, – I saw she, wow. just kinda, she didn't tell me to do it. She just led by example. I'm like, okay, that's just something that's part of, part of this journey. You have to do that. Right. And she's a so, published yeah. author, so, I believe, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cheryl's accolades is pretty high. Yeah, she 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 does she does a lot. She's a powerful woman, and, and it's a privilege to be related to her. But she's so down to earth. If you meet her, and and she's just as passionate as about her lineage as 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 I am, as we are, I should say. Right. You can tell. So what do you think? <laughs> what, what, what do you think was the major force for you to start validating the oral history? that was shared with you by your sister, by your father, your grandfather? What do you think was that force that started you on your journey? The turning point was when my, when my father passed away in 2012. Like, okay, okay, dad's gone. So if if I don't take these stories, because at that, at that point I think Harry was starting to taper off as well. Um, so I felt the need at this point to really catapult myself into this 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 lineage journey, um, after 2012, that, that following April in 2013, we found out, well, prior to that, we, we knew we were from uh, Bertie County, North Carolina. So that April, I took upon myself to go down to North Carolina to go visit mm-hmm. this county where we, we kind of originated from, um, not knowing nothing. Not, I mean, I was very fresh in the game, but just to physically go down there and be – in the same county where my three great grandfather was born in 1826, so mm-hmm. it was that connect. It was that connection piece. Like, okay, when's the last time a West has been down here from 
Dolphin mm-hmm. West's uh, lineage. You know what I mean? It's that kind of powerful connection that you want to make, just a symbol, a lot, a lot of symbolic gestures, you know? Yeah. And connecting to the land, right? Oh, and I just mean, that yeah, feeling I mean, of like, I don't, yeah. I didn't know where the property, I, I still don't know where the property, I haven't been back here since 20, 2013, which that's going to change because now I'm, I'm, I have more uh, weapons in my arsenal to try to narrow some stuff down to where possibly where he was uh, born at. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the next question is a two-part question um, and kind of speaking on the traveling piece. So you also spent a lot of time traveling and researching in Tennessee. Um, Can you tell us about the trip and some of the highlights, um, you know, with our listeners, like meeting the descendants of the enslavers and other um, enslaved ancestors and their descendants as well? Absolutely. So that same year in 2013, uh, in December of 2013, I wanted to go back to Tennessee. This time, uh-huh. this this trip was without dad. First time to Tennessee without my father. Um, within, with the goal is to find the plantation where my ancestors were enslaved on. So I found that mm-hmm. that year I had found uh, a proximity through looking at cemetery records. Um mm-hmm. And the plantation was actually under, there's a cemetery on the plantation, so the coordinates were listed with the cemetery. So I basically used that to go find it. So that was in December of 2013, almost, yeah, the, actually the eight-year the eight anniversary just passed two days ago when I went down there. So Wow. So that, that experience, that first time back with Dad was just, you know, it was, it was a lot of emotions because it's my first time being back without him. So now I'm on my, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm alone on this. Um, the crazy thing is when I, so I'm driving and driving and finally I see the sign. So the, luckily this place had signage to mark where it was at. Cause it's still, I mean, it's still an operating farm. Right. So driving down this road and you just anticipating like, okay, am I, did I go too far? Am I not far enough? And out of nowhere the signs come up. My heart just drops. A big mm-hmm. emotional, emotional feeling comes just hits you, and and I'm I'm sitting here wondering. I'm like, man, I'm, did my dad? Dad didn't know about the property, but he's probably passed it a million times. So, dad's information about what he knew was just very. It was it was deep in his in his generation. Nothing mm-hmm. really prior to, um, but. So that was the first trip. Then throughout the years, I would go down, find out more. Where is the cemetery? Where was the church at? Where's the cemetery at? Visit the courthouse. So this is going back and forth throughout the last, you know, the last eight years. But as soon as I found that property, one of my missions were to try to find the uh, descendants of the, the the slave owner. I would always mm-hmm. want to meet them because part of history is 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 a story. You just want to get the story. Whatever comes with the story, that's the story. That's at the, at the end of the day, we can't pick and choose what was part of the story. We weren't there. We just try to get as much information as possible about the story. Right. And people get sensitive about, well, why would you want to meet them? They're part of the story. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And for our listeners, if they go to Our Black Ancestry, and I've been traced my enslaved ancestor and the enslaver, the pictures are so powerful. You know, the emotion, you can see it. You draw everybody in with 
uh, the content that you provided and des- description of everything. So it would really, be really good for them to go and check out those two sites and look up your name, Ethan West. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I'm not afraid to share it. And, you know, that was one of my main goals is to meet, uh, to meet them. And, and the, key to, right. the key to that is if, if, if you will go that route, learn as much as much about their family history as possible because yeah so you won't go in there blindly and that's what I did I studied a lot about their history their lineage and where they are and how they got to where they are today the original purchase of that property back in 18 in the late well, I say early 1830s I believe uh the slave owner actually came from the same county in North Carolina where my three great grandfather was born um mm. the original purchase of that property was 10,000 acres Wow! Wow! The family, the descendants of the family, they still have a thousand of it today. So they Oof. still have, you know, I mean, that's yeah, that's still a lot of property. Um, yeah. But going, yeah, going back and forth throughout the years, each each visit, you something happens, and even with the ancestors, some they actually the first time I met uh, uh, one of the descendants of from the slave owner. It was yeah, by can random you tell us because, yeah, definitely about that. <laughs> I was just yeah, yeah. That. It was by random. Um, so mm-hmm. the family doesn't live down there. They don't live on the farm. They actually live about two hours away. So they would oh. randomly come down there just to, uh, you know, check on things, do different stuff on the property. So this day, um, I just so happened to be in town. Um, actually, it, I was in town because Cheryl had sent two of her people down Cheryl Wills, my cousin, and I, I was meeting up with them because we were going to do some research in some cemeteries for our family. Mm-hmm. So I was I was in town for that. But driving by, I see a truck on a property. I said, whoa, wait a minute, this could be them. So I pull, I pull off, and they're coming down this dirt road, or however you want to describe it, and sure enough, it's one of them is them. I asked him, I said, are you one of the Moors? And he said, yes, I am. I introduced them. I, I introduced myself to them. Told them uh, my family. It's just a kind of brief uh, synopsis of my family history and saying they were here, this and that. And I got to telling them about what I knew about his family. He was blown away right. on how much I knew. So what's crazy is it was the, it was uh, December. It was I'm sorry. It was March seventh, uh, two thousand seventeen. Go back fifty. I'm sorry. Go back seventy years. March 7th, uh, 1947, my great-grandfather died. Just different mm. stuff like that, the ancestors connect and they move. They, they, they make certain stuff happen when you're connected and you're engaged in telling their story. Yes. So just by yes. random, he was working through that way. I mean, it's just these dates, when they line up, when I'm down there, some, some, it's always something powerful that happens somehow, some way. Then you look back. And a lot of this time, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the, most of the times, I'll I'll find out after the fact when I come back home and I'll kind of do a, a review on, on different things that I found. And that's one thing I found. I said, I said Papa Joe passed away. He just his anniversary just passed the same day I just met Mr. Moore. Crazy. Wow. And you actually took pictures with them, right? In the in the on the property. I did. If I'm not mistaken. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Him and I. Yeah. The day we met, we took pictures. Um, then throughout. Uh, the years, so so moving to on trying to figure out how to so yeah after we left we didn't exchange no numbers nothing we just kind of just left because I had to meet Cheryl's people 
Um, but I knew that wouldn't be it. I said, we have to get more out of this. But in the meantime, right. I still want to find more of my descendants. So going to the patriarch and matriarch of the family, Dolph and Millie West, they, had, uh, they were enslaved, made it out of slavery. But during that time, during those years, they had 10 kids. So I, I, mm. I focus on the original 10. And I come from child number two, which who was okay. Henry West. Um, so one of my goals is to is and still is I mean it was and still is working on trying to find descendants from each of one of his kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's a great goal. Cheryl, that's a great goal. Cheryl is uh, from the first child, Emma. Okay. She's the oldest, so that's one from that branch. I found a one from I connected with somebody from this, the third child, which is Aunt Martha. That is my cousin Ann. She lives in Memphis, Tennessee. Meeting cousin Ann has been a, 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 a heaven sent. Cousin Ann has so much information on on our family as far as research. She loves it just as much as I do. It's just crazy. The people that I meet in my family through different branches are just engaged in, in a genealogy as I am. So it's just the power. So we're out looking for each other, right, you know? Yeah. So destiny brings us together. Um, yep. So I have one from that branch. So then I found uh, descendants from the baby, which was uh, William West. Now, William West was very interesting because out of all the kids from Tennessee, he was the one that actually left Tennessee. He was born after emancipation, so at that time, he, you know, it was better to travel. It was more easy to travel, if you will. Mm-hmm. So he was more the maybe the renegade. So was interested when I found their branch, cousin Jennifer out in California. They never knew anything about Tennessee. They always mm. thought they were from, I, I believe, Illinois, and they thought that their uh, great grandfather and some of them that was their grandfather. Uh, grandfather William West didn't even, he was the only child. So when I told them, I said, oh, no, 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 he's the baby of 10. They were ignored. So their family family just grew by 500 overnight, you know. So I think a lot of researchers have that experience, you know, where people, they limit themselves to one area, and we suggest that all the time. Always, always, don't ever get stuck in one location. Look around. People travel more than you think they did. So, right, exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah, the move. Yeah, the move. Especially as years went 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 by, the movement started getting more and more and more gradual. You know what I mean? So, kind of like the second part to this question then is: so you've got you've had all these experiences with traveling and with meeting um, your relatives as well as the descendants of the enslaved. Um, you know, and and you were a testament to why it's also important to understand the enslaved, the, the slave owner's family too, because you were able to, you know, communicate with them, and you know that was a door opener. So, can you kind of share with our listeners like some tips and insights into you know planning research trips and you know things like you talked about cemetery records and things like that. So, what what have you learned that you know you think might be helpful for listeners on how to do this stuff? Uh, yes, the, the county courthouses are vital because they still have all, a lot of deed records, marriage certificates, and even uh, just uh, uh, death certificates as well. That's one 
good thing to have in your arsenal as far as when you're traveling because especially with death certificates mm-hmm. because it displays what cemetery that the that your ancestors are probably buried in. Um right. sometimes it, it sometimes it illustrates what street, who was the informant. Death certificates are, you know, no point intended, but they're vital. They're, they're right. part of the vital records and they are just that as far as information. Um as far as uh going down to physically and planning is, is is communication with, if you can find anybody that lives in those areas, communicate with them as well because they can do some grunt work for you. Uh, I have, I, I've met some great people down in Tennessee that, you know, we're, we're still in contact with and they, they, they're eager for me to come back down and the hospitality is, is, it's like I'm home. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. So we're gonna okay, take so a even, short okay. Well <laughs> we're gonna take a short break, um, and we'll be right back with more with Ethan West. Hello and welcome to Speak On It, history and genealogy conversations with Janice and Shara Connor. We invite you to join us on Thursdays at eight PM for an engaging exchange with us and our special guests as we cover various topics regarding history, genealogy, and your personal family history stories. And we're back, and thank you to our listeners for remaining with us. And Ethan, we're going to continue. You recently shared a post with, a, with cotton in a jar and a harvest receipt. Please share with our listeners about that post. And, again, you can find that on Our Black Ancestry, and I've, in, I've traced my enslaved ancestors and enslavers. So can you share a little bit with our listeners about that? that yeah, that receipt is from uh, the Moreland Papers, so the Moore family. So the, the Moors were the – is where my great-great-great-grandparents were enslaved, and that's where they had their kids on the property. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting about that, kind of the backstory, real quick. Obviously, under slavery, a lot of the slaves took uh, the surname under the of, of, of the slave master. Was powerful uh-huh. about my grand, my great great grandfather. After emancipation, because I, I also have receipts on where he'll list his name as Dolph, and he'll say Dolph Moore, and in parentheses it said he'll say slave. So that's the receipt mm. right there. That's him. After mm, emancipation, wow. 18, 1870 census, he's a West. He knew his, he knew his true, true identity. So he was labeled a mulatto, so his father was white. Going back into North Carolina, uh, he came from uh, a, a, a Kenneth West estate, so he obviously were property. So it just didn't matter if his father was white. You, know, you took the identity of your mother, who was black. So, therefore, you can be enslaved. Just a little quick history lesson mm-hmm. there. Um, so, yeah, so, so fast forward to this receipt. So, a lot of things. So, this, this receipt is from 150 years ago, 1871. Mm. And to see this slave, uh, I'm sorry, to see this share, now at this point we're in sharecropping because it's after emancipation. So, legally, uh-huh. you can't enslaved people. So now you can kind of turn in your uh, your harvest and get some little money for it. 
this right. one in particular, it just, it's, it's, these are just vital. This, these are just heartfelt to see because this one, it illustrates uh, Dolph, Dolph, Dolphin, uh, Dolphin West, two bales of, of cotton. The first bale, mm. four, 490 pounds. The second one, 495 pounds, respectively, at 17 and uh, three-quarters cents a pound. And to see this, like this man, this man and the family were putting in work at that age and, and after emancipation, still trying to find their way into getting implemented into now a new era for the United States. Right. At the end, you see his name, Dolph West, and you see an X. He couldn't read mm. or write, but the X is so powerful because that doesn't mean he was illiterate. Or, I mean, that doesn't mean he was dumb or anything like that. It's because you right. couldn't read or write doesn't mean you were stupid. So, And yeah. right next to when I'm reading this this, uh, this uh, receipt from, from the harvest, I do have a jar of cotton that's from down there in Tennessee. So I was going to ask you that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah wow. that, that cotton is from there, yeah. Yeah, so just scanning through those more papers and seeing uh, a receipt with his name on it and, is is uh it, it it brings them back to life and like this 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 figure that I I, I have Dolph Moore Dolph West as an actual icon in my book and it's just uh, I've always asked somebody asked the question if I can meet anybody past or present who would I meet who would I want to meet it would be him. Mm, that is really yeah, cool. that's a powerful question to ask absolutely. And yeah, it's without a question, too. it would be him. And before I move on to my other question, like what you said about um, about your ancestor, about him possibly knowing who he was um, mm-hmm. and changing his last name, mm-hmm. I was just looking at another an ancestor of mine who I suspect, you know, something similar happened. I, I feel like, because I can't find him, for example, in the 1870 census, and he should be there because he was born about 1847, um, and he showed mm-hmm. up on the census records after that. And so I, I realized, like, wait a minute, you know, in 2021, I and his descendants, we know that we're related, for example, to this particular line. And DNA has confirmed it or whatever. But I realized, you know, he may not have necessarily known it for sure, but he probably figured it out at some point. And so mm. what I suspect happened is he was probably going by one last name at one point prior, and that's why I can't find him. And then he probably started to figure out, like, wait a minute, I think I am connected to X, Y, and Z family. And I think he started using, I guess you could say, the appropriate, you know, last name. Um, so it's just so wild that you just said that because I was just, you know, pondering on an ancestor thinking that that's exactly what happened. Yeah, identity is, is, is key. And this is, I mean, this is what leads us to the day. Is our identity exactly and exactly and, and who, who who we are? Who are you? You know, you somebody asks the question, "Who are you?" Do you know exactly who you are? Do you understand your journey and what it took to get to you today? And people that right. sacrificed whatever they did, they had to do what they had to do, navigate through. I mean, just by you know, some of our ancestors got lynched. That can cut off a, a whole family line right there. Exactly. So, you know, we're yeah. we're exactly. in, in some incidences we're living miracles. Yep. Right. Well, I, yep. I've heard that several times that, you know, for us to be here is a testimony. You know, it's like a miracle. Like, did we even survive? You know, because they yeah. survived and they were resilient, we're here because of that. So, it's totally right. in, the, in the different 
the small ways, you know, in which they try to, you know, take a stand or assert themselves, you know, in ways that, mm-hmm. you know, seem they seem small, but you know they were major game changers for their their line to come. You know, and absolutely, we have a lot to be thankful for for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And so the next question: you, you went to Tennessee this past April, and you had an experience. Can you share with us uh, what happened this past April? So this, this past April, I got to go down there, and with the permission of the, of the family, and this time of the of the family that owns the property. I had the permission to mm-hmm. go to the property with Autumn and spent some spent some good time sitting on one of the oldest structures of the property. It was built in the 1830s. It's still standing. Mm-hmm. So I, wow. so I sat on the, the photo? Porch. Is that from the photo that we used, the promo? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. That, yeah, the that, picture yeah, that we that's, used, that's okay. That's the house. Yeah, that's one of the houses. Uh, that's actually the house that was, you know, that's still standing from the 1830s. So what's monumental about that house is that Adolph, my my ancestors seen that house, you know what I mean. So I I connect that way. So it's connecting where they walked, what they seen. So I had the privilege to sit on that porch for hours, and across the field from that porch, they preserve the enslavement, the enslaved people burial. So the mm, burial's still there. Wow. So the morning wow. when I was getting ready to leave. I went to, I, I also, I visited when I was sitting at the property, but I wanted to go back to the property the morning I was leaving. So the morning I was leaving, I wanted to go visit the slave burial again and just kind of pay homage and, you know, prayers and, you know, do, you know, just kind of connect and just thank them for everything. Mm-hmm. Have your moment up, with them. Mm-hmm. Walking up, it was, just, it was just a nice, beautiful morning, sunshine, just no breeze, none of that. I walk into this burial, and a gust of wind just comes whipping through, whipping through, wind out uh-huh. of nowhere. And it, I felt like it was like almost like a standing ovation. They were cheering that I came to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. To them. That's powerful. That, that is powerful. That, that validates, and that for me, that validated I'm doing the right thing. My family's doing the right thing because, Coming together, reconnecting with each other. We're on the we're, we're actually doing well by them. Right. That was, and I had that on. I I took a video of it. So if anybody wants to go to my page, you can got You have to probably scroll through my videos. I do. I did post that video, and you can feel, you can see how windy it was, and it's almost like cheers. I, that's how I felt. I've actually like heard that before. Because. I've heard other people have the same experience. Um, and when they did the documentary on Oklahoma, um, someone spoke about that, that all of these beautiful cardinals just showed up out of nowhere and were circling oh, around. Wow. And they felt that that was like, you know, a sign to say, hey, we're still here. We're with you in spirit. So I totally think that that's what wow. your experience was. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and a lot of it, it, can, it can freak people out and it can, it, can, it can spook people, but it doesn't spook me because I know I come in good faith uh-uh. and they're there to protect right. me. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a connection. Once you connect, you feel a sense of calmness. And, right. and, and right. at that point, you feel a more of a duty to like, okay, I have to tell these stories. 
That's right. Yeah. Uh, Kanika That's says right. that. She said it's not the research and sharing, documenting research and everything, it's not a goal, it's a mandate. And then Dr. Evelyn McDowell says this work is spiritual, and it shows, it, it expresses itself, our ancestors, in so many different ways. Um, we Absolutely. want to uh, keep it moving, and it says, and you know, our next question, I'm sorry, is what upcoming projects are you working on? So uh, the family thing is ongoing. I want to I want uh-huh. to all okay. get together again. You know, we're in post COVID, and so we we are mindful of that. And and the goal is to still find more family and and uh, and, and keep because there's a lot of us out there. So I'm still looking for you all, and I will find you. Um, <laughs> the second <laughs> the second thing is the second thing is so here in my hometown during COVID. Speaking of COVID, when things were kind of shut down, I took it upon myself to kind of just do some some uh, some research on some of the earlier, so Illyria, Illyria, Ohio, our mascot and our nickname were Illyria Pioneers. So I wanted to know anything about the uh, Illyria Black Pioneers, early early Black Illyria Pioneers, just to kind of figure out who was here, right? And this is the North. So I went back to the founding of the city, so from the 1820 census to all the way up until 1920. I did like the first 100 years of, uh, of, of our city, and I was, I'm looking for anybody that was marked black. And this is before the Great Migration, by the way, so which is another interesting dynamic because mm-hmm. in 1910, 1910, the 1910 census, over 90% of United States black population were still down south. A lot of people don't know that mm, right. crazy fact. Mm. So, so these, so they were the minority on top of the minority up here at that time. So I wanted to learn more about some of these black people that was that was living up here up north, and how was the dynamic. So I'm, I've took it upon myself to find each and every black person that was here. So I'm gaining information with that. So right now. Uh, we're working on a project up here to try to uh, highlight some of these black stories up here that, that happened in Elyria early on where these stories are just not being told. So we're trying to compile, uh, find these find these names, see if there's any living descendants that's still out there that may be able to, they might be able to uh, share some stories. So we want to uh, tell their stories and present these stories throughout Black History Month. And eventually we want to try to get an institution, a museum, so we can uh, – uh, house our, our our information and, and share it throughout and, th- and through and through throughout time because our story. I wish you all the very... best with that. That is that is phenomenal project to be working on. That's awesome. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. It's a lot of work, but I mean, it's something that I feel that needs to be done because mm-hmm. it's everybody's mm-hmm. story. I think I think we've yeah. all been robbed of not hearing everybody's part and uh, shaping our country and our cities and towns. Right. And, you know, it's before I get to the, you know, our last question, and I said this on the call, you know, that we had previously, in that in the world of genealogy, you know, there are certain states that are kind of, you know, represented very well. They have a healthy, robust genealogy kind of conversation and culture around them. So whether that's like the Carolinas, you know, Virginia, um, you know, places in that, that locale, but there are certain other parts of the United States that don't get the same kind of attention, and particularly the Midwest. So it's really cool mm. to have you as a guest who's from Ohio 
you know, to kind of talk about um, not just your family roots in Tennessee, but also, you know, this project with early Ohio um, black settlers and, and black pioneers, um, you know, to really kind of like put the lens and give some attention to other parts because, you know, our history as African-Americans is very, it's broad and it's, it's so layered and nuanced and um, right, you know, there's right, just so much there right. to, to uncover and discover. So, it, so it, either it really what is some, and, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was just about to say it really is. And sometimes, I mean, if you, if you just look up, you think black folks just didn't, didn't exist. And some, you know, I mean, right. in the history books, and and we you, you, we were here obviously because we're here today. That's yeah, right. right, and we're changing that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right, we have we just have to make sense of the of the total story. Again, it's all about the stories. Either it's facts, exactly. either it happened or it didn't happen. It's, we're just not going to make up stuff as we go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, what are some parting words of inspiration um, that you can share with our listeners? I would say. Knowing yourself is so empowering, and, and it's, it's, it's vital for if you have kids and if you have anybody for yourself. Um, a lot of times we see people that's just walking around just looking lost, and some of it you just don't know what's, what's, what's within you to even snap these ups and downs in life. So some of it is mm. learning, learning your family history because you can kind of see it can, can reveal some patterns that you just don't even know that's just, that's just in your bloodline. So it gives you a blueprint. Again, right. it gives you a blueprint on, on, on how to function today. History is not, it, it's not boring. We, we make history every day. We look, I mean, right. yesterday we, 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 do, we do stuff out of, out of repetition because that's what we do historically. We take, we, we, drop, we take this route to work because historically this is what we've always done. History comes in all right. shapes and forms. So really, don't don't look at history as a ancient, as an ancient, untouchable, uh, non non connection uh, way of way of thinking. History right. is, it, it makes us; it's part of us. So, and the honor. One thing I always say: when you die, would you want somebody to learn more about you? Would you want to be known by your by your descendants? They feel the same way. They want to be known too. Uh, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Ethan West, thank you so much for sharing with us and our listeners. And, you know, we want to wish you much success with connecting with more ancest- more relatives in the future and your Illyria, Ohio project, which is really, really cool. Um, listeners, you can it. find him on Facebook. Um, his page is Ethan West. Um, definitely check out his post, uh, Our Black Ancestry. And uh, I, and I've, I've traced my enslaved uh, ancestors and their slave owners on Facebook. Sorry about that. Um, and you can read more about his stories there. Um, and you can also find him on Instagram at West Wheels, F-L-O-H. And we thank you for joining us, and we look forward to sharing with you during our next segment of Speak On It. Speak On It is a thank podcast you. and is immediately available to listen to at your leisure. Speak On It is sponsored by Bernice Bennett of Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over the limit by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.